Welcome to Word First Radio, the podcast of Word First Ministries. Tune in each week and join us as we pursue God's command to make disciples of all nations. What is up, you guys? Welcome to Word First Radio, the podcast brought to you by Word First Ministries. I am your host, Jacob O'Neill, and as always, I'm joined by my friends, Bailey and hey. Cameron. Hey. Bailey, go ahead and pray us it. Yep. God Almighty, um, you let nothing go to waste in your creation, and you use um, just every single thing that you've created, every person, every mountain, every um, sunset and sky that you paint, um, to scream about who you are and to tell us um, that you're God. And Lord, we just pray that um, today you'd help us to consider not just those things, um, help those, or we ask that those would bolster our faith in you, but that today you'd help us to consider the foundations and the reasons and the um, things that lead us to our belief in you, um, the arguments we have, all of that, Lord. Please just strengthen us today, encourage us, and teach us something new. We pray that you would, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Cool. Yeah, so uh, part of our ministry in Norway is evangelism. We've been kind of been talking, that's kind of been our theme of the month mm-hmm. uh, for a little bit, and uh, we're all rested from our break of uh, last week's episode. So we're going to get to evangelism some more. So what we have, we actually have a little tool that's going to help us get through this episode, thank God. <laughs> Help us get through. <laughs> That's right. We have Just a close survey. Your eyes. Close your eyes and get through it. That's right. We have a survey uh, made by Norwegians for Norwegians. Uh, the survey is made by uh, Laga, and uh, it's a Christian uh, evangelical organization out here. And these questions, it's just about like seven of them are the big questions of life mm-hmm. is what they call them. And so these are questions that in the U.S., we're really familiar with. Mm-hmm. So there uh, we'll have some of the usual suspects on here. Who is Jesus? Who is God? We'll get to be talking about all of those. Uh, but first, um, I think we kind of have to justify going through this. So yeah. why, why, why are these questions important? Like who cares? Let me, if, if you, uh, I'll, I'll interrupt with just this one, this one point, And that is, this is the survey that, w- that we have helped them to give when we go to the skeptic week event, uh, that we've done a couple of times in Bergen. Mm-hmm. So if you've heard us talk about that, we went and we, we talked to students during lunch or we surveyed students. This was the survey that, that Laga asked us to give to skeptical students mm-hmm. as like a way into a conversation, hopefully a way into a gospel conversation, but it's like the important things of life. It's like a worldview conversation. Mm-hmm. So these, so the question was why these, why these questions? Yeah, who cares? Yeah, like, who why cares? should I, like, why should I care about some survey? So one, uh, you might care because we've talked to you about it and you're curious about what it is. But on a deeper level, why these questions? Why should we care? It's because it's impossible for these questions not to touch your life. Like everybody has an answer, even if you haven't really thoroughly or thoughtfully considered your answer to these questions. Your response to these questions really just is the definition of your worldview. Mm-hmm. And your worldview, I mean, the common metaphor is it's like the lenses you're wearing at all times. It's how you literally interpret your existence. So um, the the sort of sum total of your answers to these questions are how you are going to experience the world, interpret reality, and live your life. So there the really is whatever you think about your, the answer to each of these questions literally directs the course of your earthly life. Yeah. And I'd say, like, the important thing about, you pointed out, it's made by Norwegians for Norwegians. Um, is it, It's, like, a study that's been going on. So they've phrased the questions for the mindset that they want to ask, which is the Norwegian mindset. 
Um, so like we might ask these questions differently or like what we're used to in the U S um, might be a different way to phrase the question or, you know, like you have a different emphasis in the question. Um, but I, don't, I mean, using them, mm-hmm. I think they've proven to be effective and we've yeah. had conversations where we actually got to get to someone's worldview yeah. and either challenge it or pique their interest or, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So I think it's effective and the thing that comes out of it is either hopefully a gospel con- conversation or even if we don't get to that in that uh, encounter, then the thing that comes from it is what the person's worldview is, mm-hmm. and we get to yeah. examine it um, with them. Yeah, and I, I think people uh, who are watching this will kind of see that um, these questions do kind of naturally like lead to a gospel mm-hmm. conversation. Mm-hmm. At least they did for me. When I was doing the survey, not only did they answer the questions, they were also really curious about like my answers mm-hmm. to these questions. Because yeah. yeah. these are profound questions, mm-hmm. and uh, you know... It, the the answers that you have for them have significant implications, yeah. and um, according to Norwegians, these are questions that Norwegians need to be thinking about because mm-hmm. it would be really easy for us Americans to bring an American survey, like yeah. and bust the door in with our apologetics. But uh, we learned what Norwegians say Norwegians need to be thinking about, and that's what this is. Yeah. So, want to go ahead and just jump in? Yeah, of course. Cool. Uh, question number one: Do you have any values? you base your life on? If so, just to get, yeah, just if the answer is yes, which ones? Yeah. Everybody does. Nobody's like, you know what? No, I don't value anything. Everyone does have, everyone has values. And so what we want to do is answer these questions. I think from the, from the biblical perspective. Mm -hmm. And so do you have any values? Yes. What are they? Um, Well, I can tell you what they should be. So every, every day, hopefully, there's a hopefully there's a trajectory in my life, and the Christian word for it or the theological word is sanctification. That means I'm being made to be more and more like Jesus. And so the hope is that my values more closely align with his values. So he had a whole lot to say um, and told us very often what his values were. So as a Christian, I aspire to have the same values as Jesus. So even us as a group, we've been uh, studying the commands of Jesus. So he gives the church one great command. Mm-hmm. says, go and make disciples, baptize them, and uh, teach them to obey all that I've commanded you. So it's important that we know what his commands are. So what are our values? Our values are the same things that Jesus valued that give rise to the commands that he gave to us. Now, there has been much written about what yeah, exactly that's, yeah, that's, like. that's, that's <laughs> yeah. so we those could, are all of our values. <laughs> yeah, we can talk about what those values are. Mm. But if if you'll allow me just a minute, I think you can start with Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Yeah, and he um, he's doing something profound there, right. and he's turning sort of pagan values on on their heads. So even um, even the the people of God, the people of Israel at this point had sort of paganized their faith and had this, I want, I want to say animistic, it wasn't really animistic, but had this view of how the world works and who gets blessed and who the good people are. And Jesus just turns it upside down and says, no, 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 no. Blessed are the peacemakers. You know, Whoa, the peacemakers. We're used to thinking of the people who accomplish conquest right. as being the ones who are blessed. They're the ones who gain land and title and wealth and servants and whatever all the, the kind of earthly 
measures of status mm-hmm. are. And he goes, no, 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 blessed are the peacemakers. He says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Yeah. He says, blessed are those who are persecuted for my name's sake. And you go, no, 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 blessed are the wealthy, blessed are the well thought of, blessed are those with good reputations, blessed are those who've conquered much. Mm-hmm. And Jesus goes, no, 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 you're, you're missing the whole story. So um, it's common even in our conversations, we won't say much. We'll let Norwegian people speak for themselves in terms of uh, their answers to the survey. But even in my conversations with people about this, it's not uncommon for like, what are your values? How do you know if you've done well? What does success look like? It's measured in those same earthly terms. And Jesus just turns that all, uh, turns that all upside down and tells us that, that the highest kind of life we can live is found in submission to God, poorness mm-hmm. of spirit, which means we completely depend on him to supply all of our spiritual needs, um, in being somebody who makes peace in being somebody who's willing to be persecuted and not ashamed for the sake of the gospel and following Jesus, which is just totally opposite what the, the world's typical values are. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think, uh, real quick, so I can touch on something you were talking about at the end, mm-hmm. our job or our goal, at least our desire, mm-hmm. if you will, uh, is definitely not to give a Norwegian response right. to these yeah. questions. Mm. Uh, so we want to kind of approach these from a biblical uh, Christian perspective. Yeah. Kind we of, hope to talk to some Norwegians and get their perspective on these questions. Absolutely, yeah. yes. We don't so we don't want to speak them. for them. Absolutely. We don't want to live in an echo chamber and just um, answer, give the right answers to the questions. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah. To touch on that, I think the Sermon on the Mount is a great example. I think, uh, well, I don't think, I've read it, D- Diedrich Bonhoeffer's uh, Cost of Discipleship. Yeah. He uh, basically spends the whole book exegeting the Sermon on the Mount. Mm-hmm. And uh, he makes it clear, uh, it really puts into perspective this whole sermon for you. If you think about that, Jesus' primary audience in that sermon is his disciples. Mm-hmm. And so you could you could interpret it in a way where Jesus is preaching to uh, the people and the Pharisees and his disciples and say, this is the standard you have to meet and you can't. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so uh, him clarifying the purpose of the law and showing the law in the right perspective and saying, no, you have to be pure in your heart. The problem is that your heart needs a transformation. Mm-hmm. You could interpret it that way. But if you look at it as a message to his disciples, it's like, this is how the world looks. This is how my disciples should be characterized mm-hmm. by. Yeah. I think the Sermon on the Mount is a really great summation of the values that a, a biblically faithful Christian mm-hmm. has to uh, live their life by. Well, especially in the light of our task, which is to make disciples. Right? Right. So if he says, this is what discipleship looks like. This is what life well lived looks like. This is what it looks like to um, to take up your cross daily and to give up your earthly expectations and live a heavenly life. Then um, I'd say that what are our values? Our values are, or should be, <laughs> we aspire for them to be defined by the values of Jesus. And one of the places he does that is in that sermon. Yeah. Cool. I, I just say ditto to what you guys said. Sweet. Yeah. And um, I don't, just for like a summary or whatever of our values, um, I'd say what Jesus says, love God with all your heart, mind, and strength, mm-hmm. and love others as you love yourself. You're right. Um, and then... Uh, everything the Bible teaches. So Old Testament, New Testament, the summation of all of its teachings, mm-hmm. which is a lot. You guys spent like five seconds talking about like them in abstract ways or whatever. Yeah. So obviously it's there's a lot of stuff or a lot of content for us to base our right. uh, values on, but I'd say they're all in the book. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jesus takes the 613 commandments of the mm-hmm. Torah and mm-hmm. sums them up in two 
two. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And, and uh, he's just quoting there anyways, right? Exactly. Mm, yeah. uh, love God and love neighbor were not, were not new ideas. Mm-hmm. Those, no, they we were just, in the Torah. We just needed God to give us a list of 613 to explain mm. what those two were. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I like that answer. Yeah. You want to submit that? Yeah. Cool. Let's go ahead. Final answer. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, the next one. Have you experienced anything that might indicate that there is a spiritual reality? Yes. Uh, the, <laughs> the sunrise this morning. Yeah. The every supporter that we have for uh, <laughs> us getting here. So all our word first supporters. Um. I, yeah. I can go down a huge list. Yeah. There's so much. So the yeah. philosopher in me wants to say. Well, I mean, existence. <laughs> so the fact that existence yeah. is real is pretty. Is we're, yeah. like we live a, a spiritual reality. You get rid of the spiritual physical distinction. Just like we are. In well, no, rea- I get rid of the nat- reality. No, I sort of get rid of the natural supernatural distinction. That's, that's what I meant. Yeah. 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 Um, so on, on the one hand, the fact that anything exists is us partaking in spiritual reality. But I think the question is something more like like is there what have you experienced that would seem to indicate that there's there's more to existence than mm. than the typical stuff the stuff that we're most used to and I'd say yeah absolutely I yeah. mean we experience it all the time we've got we've got, yeah. a, we've got a list that we keep just of miracles that God's performed mm. getting us and keeping about, us yeah. here yeah well, I was about to say yeah. that we we uh, don't just throw around the term miracle like yeah. I. Genuinely in my heart, believe like that list we keep are like mm-hmm. genuine miracles that yeah. are like, yeah, I know it's totally impossible through like the normal laws of the universe and normal mm-hmm. uh, human behavior and the f- laws of physics, I guess. Yeah. And God just made it happen mm-hmm. and I can't explain it. I mm-hmm. just have to thank God and throw my hands up. Yeah. yeah. And I'd yeah. like to expand on some of those examples. Please. I'll say like the word first supporters, every person listening to this podcast, um, it's, uh, not to take away from how special it is, mm-hmm. um, but it's pretty to be expected that my mom and dad would be supporters yeah, and that they'd be financially and spiritually involved in the ministry here. Um, but especially those who are supporting us, who are from different places in the world yeah. that we would never, like we're never going to meet those mm-hmm. people in person until we get to heaven. Um, and then just... Um, those who we wouldn't even think to ask. Mm. Um, I think just those supporters, whether it's a financial donation or a comment on our Facebook saying mm-hmm. like, Hey, I'm praying for you guys. Yeah. Um, those kinds of things are like, Cam, you always say it's, those are such obvious examples of um, God's sheep hearing his voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, like what else could possibly explain it? So right. I think just if we're looking at the mission, like we have, a gigantic um, list of God is up to stuff Mm -hmm. and like it has to be God because there's no reason that these people would be rallying for our mission. Right. Um, Like it just has to be God almighty speaking to Mm -hmm. his people and then being faithful and obeying and joining us on the mission. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. um, I'd say that, I mean, I'd say also um, Alan, uh, Alan's conversion um, mm-hmm. so Alan, I mean, I met him when I started working at Best Buy mm-hmm. and, um, he was like, he's a good dude. Yeah. Like he's already a great person. He doesn't need to be, become a Christian to suddenly have good values in his life and mm-hmm. to be kind to others and everything. He's an awesome dude already. Um, but his 
coming to faith and um, to Christ was all about um, Christ and mm-hmm. the reality of his relationship with God. And um, I think just the strength of like, yeah, just seeing my brother's faith and, you know, he's on the other side of the world now. Yeah. Um, and it's not because he need, he went from being an awful dude who needs Jesus to turn his life around. So mm-hmm. he's a good dude. Um, like his faith is completely for the relationship with God that he found on his own. Yeah. Like he came to that conclusion and he was skeptical coming in. Um, and his, like his conversion is kind of similar to mine, which I've talked about. Um, but I think just, I'd say that one for me is a huge example of there has to be something beyond yeah. the physical stuff. Cause he didn't need any, um, redemption from physical, um, like not being well. Mm. He was totally well and totally kind and good um, by any physical measurement, but it was the stuff that's unseen, right? Um, that yeah. hooked his heart and keeps him still. So, yeah, fluffy Alan. <laughs> well, I think that's a really good point. So I um, was uh, really heavily involved in our um, our church's recovery ministry for mm. many years. Uh, mm. Well, like four years, whatever. That's many. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, those testimonies, I've seen so many of those testimonies where uh, people, you know, they're like, are like hardcore addicted to drugs. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's almost kind of like a game, like who can have the like hardest testimony. Yeah. Like it, it's w- the church kind of makes it like uh, a game. And we mm-hmm. love when people get on stage and say things like I was addicted to like heroin for 30 years and then I met Jesus and I mm-hmm. transformed. And mm-hmm. those testimonies are amazing and, yeah. and, and radical. Um, and, uh, I think we uh, should also pay attention to conversions that um, don't seem as radical, but really just like are. The, the yeah. thing is, is all mm. of us, no matter where you are, if you're a drug addict who's been doing it for 30 years, or if you're a teenager who uh, occasionally like is late to school, <laughs> you're right. uh, all of us, what really in reality are dead in our sin and need to be resurrected. Right. And so conversion... I love this. Uh, there's a Christian I admire who was asked almost this question, like, have you experienced a miracle or anything like mm-hmm. that? And there are like answers I'm sure he could give to that. There's answers that I could give to that, like of actual miracles that I think I've seen, um, not just in uh, relevance to this ministry, but beyond. Mm. Um, and instead of talking about all of those, he immediately starts talking about conversion. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, uh, want to do a miracle in my life? I was dead in my sin, mm-hmm. and now I'm not. Let mm. me tell you about that. Yeah, And so I th- that's a a miracle that we all Christians carry with them. Mm. Um, and I was kind of listening to that and I was like, if I don't think that my conversion is a miracle, I should really think about mm. like whether or not it happened. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, I, I, yeah, are we, I think we're good with that one. Well, I'd like to say one thing and that is there's so much freedom in sort of expanding your conceptual boundaries to include the work of God. So you can be hemmed into a naturalistic worldview whereby, uh, there is no call it supernatural, but there's God doesn't exist, and neither does anything like God. Mm-hmm. And so that limits your that limits like your conceptual horizon. You can't see you can only see so far in the world. You only have so many options, mm-hmm. um, and it sort of l- limits your ability to be able to see God's work because, well, firstly, you're not looking for it, and secondly, you don't notice it when you see it. But the freedom in recognizing that God is real, just that, just knowing that God is real and active in the world, and it's it's like. Um, 
it's like uh, seeing less dimly, right? It's like being mm. able to see the world, right. just just knowing that, being able to see the world a little bit more clearly, and you're able to see God's work in the world. So I think skeptical people very often remain skeptical on account of still having these tight conceptual frameworks. And then ironically, are happy to call people like me closed-minded. Like, no, 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 no. I'm like, let's let's open our mind, at least to the possibility, right? Until it's logically ruled out, then there's some sense of possibility that God is real and is working in the world. And if you have that as a possibility, then you can, um, I think you're able to see the work that he's doing. And unless you, unless you have, unless you've given yourself that kind of permission or you've let your mind sort of open that, open that chest, right? Unless Mm. until you've given your mind permission to see that you won't see those kind of things because we can only see things that we're conceptually familiar with. There's so much I can say about that. Yeah. <laughs> let's move on. Yeah. But uh, great yeah. thoughts, as always. Uh, for those of you who uh, maybe not know us very well, at least like on a really personal level, this is just like lunch for us. This is like <laughs> this is how we talk to each other like all, all the time. So uh, that's what makes this easy. So uh, next one. Do you think there is a God? Yes, I do. Yeah. I was at the barber a couple of weeks ago. I concur. I was at the barber a couple of weeks ago, and the young lady who was cutting my hair, she was awesome. She was fantastic. She was a British lady, and I'll clean up the way that she said it, but I told her that I had been a pastor, and then she, so she started talking about God. It was great. We had a really lovely conversation, yeah. and so she asked me some kind of question, and I said, well, I believe God is real, so, and she goes, mm-hmm. let me see how I got sanitized real quick, but something like, you wouldn't be a very... Uh, uh, you wouldn't make a very good pastor. That's we'll say that you sure. wouldn't make a very good pastor if you didn't think God was real. So <laughs> that's pretty great. <laughs> yeah. So yes, I do. Yeah. And but more than that, um, God is more than my own hidden divinity. God is more than the thing that unifies existence. Whether you think of that as a as a vibration or as a mind or as a consciousness or something. No, no, no. God is not a principle that unifies existence. God is a, God's a divine person who has never not existed, who exists as three persons in one being and is the, is a personal creator of all that exists. So when does God exist? Yes. But let's put a, let's put some, um, let's put some boundaries on what that means. Yeah. Cause it's not uncommon to, for, to hear someone say something like, well, I, I believe there's something out there. No, I'm not mm-hmm. saying, yes, I believe there's something out there. I know not what I'm not even saying yeah. that there's a, there's a prime mover or a first cause. Sure. Mm. I'm saying, yes, God is real. And his, the truth about him is revealed in the, in the Holy scriptures. And that God is a person who wants a relationship with each of us. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't think I could say it that well because I think for me and probably tons of Christians, it's tough to separate those two questions you just asked. Like, mm-hmm. do you believe in a spiritual reality and um, do you believe in a God or do you sure. think there's a God? Um, for me, it's hard to like God is that draw spiritual reality. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. How so, could you have one without the other? Yeah. But yeah. I think that's a really good – like that helps me to understand the two separate things because I just – Obviously, from my answer to the last one, I want yeah. to lump them together. I'm like, yeah. it's it's got to be God. Spiritual reality equals God automatically yeah, yeah, in my yeah. brain. So, yeah, yeah, it's absolutely. It's hard to improve on that, but um, the uh, the biblical historical answer, and I'll do my best to not just recite the Athanasian Creed um, <laughs> verbatim, mostly because I can't. Yeah, you don't also, know it in Greek. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so that's why I can't. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's what we'll go with. There you go. Uh, 
but yeah, we uh, the historical view uh, and the biblical view and the correct view is that Jesus uh, not only claimed to be God but is God, mm-hmm. and uh, it was that's a really profound thing to think about that yeah. God would mm-hmm. uh, become flesh and reveal Himself. Uh, yeah. Jesus is the perfect representation of God mm-hmm. because He is God, yeah. and He didn't come down and say. I'm just this amorphous, impersonal oneness that right. grounds all of reality. Um, he just grounds all reality anyways. But he he is a actual uh, agent mm-hmm. uh, who wants a relationship. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I don't I – don't, that wasn't really that technical anyways. I'm not no, sure. but, yeah. but we, we continue. <laughs> we were just talking about this, so maybe that's why it's fresh on our minds. But there's, yeah. a, there's a tendency for people, and even people who call themselves Christians, which I think they're wrong about, but even people who call themselves Christians who want to reduce – God to a concept about the divine spark in all of creation or something like that. Like, no. So when I tell you, when someone asks me, do you believe in God? And I say, yes, I don't mean that. Mm -hmm. I mean that God is real, a real living being with mind, will, and emotion. And then there are other things we know about him. Like he exists as three persons that Jesus is God and the son of God simultaneously. And right. So, and then there's lots of theologizing that has happened about that, that we could talk about and affirm. That's not even really that necessary for the point of the conversation, but that's to say when I, when I tell you, when you say what exactly was the question, Jacob? Uh, Do you think there is a God? Yes, I think there is a God. And here is what that means. Or Mm -hmm. at least here's what that excludes. I don't believe that God is in everything or that all are a part of God. Right. Um, we're not pantheists. We're not pantheists. We're not panentheists. Um, we we don't believe in a pantheon of gods, so there aren't no. many gods. There's one, and there's lots that we can know about him, but he's a real uh, person my, with mind, will, and emotion. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think that about boils it down to me. Yeah. yeah, I think that's good. I'm happy that you talked about like what we what we don't believe that yeah. God is. Cause that's a, that's a really important distinction. To I've make. heard plenty of people say, yes, I believe, yes, I believe that there mm-hmm. is a God and we're all a part of it. And it's the life force that runs through all of us. Yeah. That's fine. We can talk about that, but that's not what I mean when I say yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, next one. How do you view the Bible? Do you view it as scripture, a good book? What do you think of the Bible? Um, I'd say something like, and then you guys can help me out, but I'd say the Bible is that God's Mm -hmm. um, revelation preserved for all mankind. Um, Yeah, that's about all I'd have. And then, yeah, you guys got to hit the ball the rest of the way out of the park. (laughs) No, I think that's (laughs) great. Yeah, that's that's fine. That's that's fine as far as it goes. I don't have much more to say. I mean, there there is much, much, much more to say. Mm -hmm. I'd be specific about what scripture is. But yeah, so what is the Bible? The Bible is the means by which God chose to reveal himself to humanity. Hmm. And I think that, well, one of the ways, but like the what, special way, yeah, the special mm, way, yeah. not, it's not that general. It's a special <laughs> way. Um, so what is the Bible? The Bible is Holy scripture inspired by the Holy spirit and communication from God almighty to humanity. Yeah. Can you just real quick, you kind of just did, but inspired by the spirit is kind of a Christianese kind of term. Yeah. So could you just real quick, just like, Oh God, real uh, quick, give you a primer on the doctrine of inspiration. <laughs> you just did. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, it would be wrong. So sure. Uh, so it'd be wrong to believe that Christians believe that the writers of scripture were like automatic writing, right? Yeah. Where they're, they're possessed mediums who are, um, being controlled by a spirit to move their hand or their pen or something like that. Yeah. Inspired by the Holy Spirit means that God chose to communicate his good and perfect truth through, he mediated that through human authorship for, for various reasons. Nevertheless, the product 
that they um, that they produced. I guess that's redundant. The product that they produced <laughs> is totally divinely inspired. That is, it is the um, it is the what God wanted us to know. I'm trying not to get too technical or to hem us yeah. or to box us in to a specific because I don't want to say I don't want to say too much. But nevertheless, what is the Bible? It's that and the Holy Spirit, who is God, inspired certain uh, certain people to write these scriptures which are like prophecy. They're God's message to humanity. Mm-hmm. I'll leave it. Is that okay? I, I, we could say more, but I On feel the doctrine like, of inspiration? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll take it. Uh, yeah, I feel like we could go for a long <laughs> swim on that one. Well, of course. Well, the Bible, just thinking, taking it on its own, like taking the spiritual part out of it, which you can't, but, yeah. uh, <laughs> but taking the, uh, yeah, the Bible on its own has made a huge splash, like in the world. Like yeah. that's and that's like understated. Not only is it like the most uh, translated book of all time mm-hmm. and the best selling book of all time, which are like the uh, the two best uh, Christians' favorite stats yeah, to quote right. about the mm-hmm. Bible. Uh, it's the most studied book mm-hmm. easily of all time. Yeah. And you have people who are like not Christians who have like career, like tenured careers mm-hmm. at teaching in the New Testament and studying the New Testament because there's good money in studying the New Testament, apparently. Yeah. And there's, it's just made a huge splash in the world. And a book divinely inspired by God, I would expect yeah. to make that kind of stuff. Yeah, so that's more than what you just, just described, right? It's it's more than just a very influential book about what a bunch of people believe. It's of course, the, yeah. It's the words of God from his heart to humanity. Mm. Can you say, there's a quote that you always say about like not just the red letters are inspired oh yeah do well these new these new bibles are doing yeah, something cool good. why don't you uh, no that you go ahead and do it yeah I'm... well sorry i tried that that was uh what's called a setup okay. In, uh, film. okay fine i'll take it so, so some so there's <laughs> so some people so in some editions of the bible the supposed the alleged quotes of jesus which they're we're basically sure on which are quotations but in the original there are no quotation marks and you're not necessarily always exactly sure who's talking but in the times we're really pretty sure that it's the words of jesus those are printed in red ink mm-hmm. and so there are people who are really committed to the red letters. What I want to do is I want to know exactly what Jesus said and believed. I'm going to commit my life to understanding, studying, memorizing the red letters. Oh, that, that's good. This doesn't go far enough because Jesus is one of the persons of the Trinity, one of the you try united God Almighty. Oh my gosh. And so I heard, so one person said, There's going to yeah, be an episode about the Trinity now. I know. <laughs> so it's something like, you know, there are these new editions of the Bible yeah. where the words of the Holy Spirit are printed in black. Isn't that good? So, mm. Is that the one you meant? Yes. Yeah. yeah, I stole that. I stole that too. And I can't remember from whom, but uh, I'm sorry. I haven't credited you for that. Yeah. Well, I just, I love that um, quote because I feel like it helps to simplify the like, thing you first mm-hmm. took the ball and carried it the rest of the way for me. Um, like, I feel like it just simplifies and makes it so plain to see what yeah. you're saying with the whole doctrine of inspiration you know like it gets crazy and mm-hmm. takes a lot of study to understand what christians are debating about yeah but i think that sums it up um like pretty perfectly yeah i think that's good yeah final answer <laughs> i like it uh this one is a uh softball uh who is jesus Oof. who isn't jesus <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he just refuted that earlier. I know. I know. So, uh, let me just say, I mean, God isn't this, God isn't this. Uh, this yeah. Who isn't God? Who isn't Jesus? <laughs> That's, who, is Jesus? Yeah. who wants to take a swig at that? I'll what take a swig at that. Yeah, you go yeah ahead, why don't I go ahead and, and 
and yeah. <laughs> so that was good. <laughs> so, we, you know, we've talked about a couple of things. He's God. Mm-hmm. We already know that. But, you know, some some other kind of aspects about like who Jesus is that people like don't talk about a lot. A lot of people really love the Jesus that says, love your neighbor. Yeah. And that's good. You should love that Jesus. Cause that's the real Jesus, but they don't really like the Jesus that says things like I'm the way, the truth and the life. Mm-hmm. And nobody gets to the father except by me. Yeah. Um, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, the Jesus of the Bible and the Jesus of history, um, was a very controversial person. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he would preach radical things like like what I just said that he's the way, the truth, and the life. He would uh, teach that uh, he he would that the problem with the world is not just out there, mm-hmm. but it's in here, right? Mm-hmm. And that the problem with the world is that we need a transformation of our hearts. And the like the Gospel of Matthew it begins with an angel's promise to Mary that he, Emmanuel, who's Jesus, will come and save the people from their sins. Mm-hmm. And when you, that's such a Christianese phrase. We don't stop and think about that, like how radical that was. Like to call yourself a sinner back then does not mean what it means to call yourself a sinner now. Mm-hmm. Like to call yourself a sinner and to be associated with sin uh, just basically meant you were the scum of society. And Jesus taught that I'm here to redeem people like from yeah. that. Well, yeah, they and expected so, yeah. They were, that that meant you were outside of the category of the righteous yeah. whom mm. the Jews counted, counted themselves among. Right. So, so sure. I'm, I'm morally imperfect, but I'm among the righteous by birthright and by ritual. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so this idea that Jesus is saving me from my sins is totally revolutionary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he taught things like if anyone is going to follow me, they must pick up their cross, mm-hmm. deny themselves, and mm-hmm. follow me. Which is, of course, a radical image in that day. Yeah, crucifixion is not exactly the uh, a symbol that you look to for hope in the first right. century, at yeah. least. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I feel like as a Christians, not only and you know we're morally obligated not to just pick and choose the parts about Jesus we like and we don't like, uh, but it's not just fired brimstone and mm-hmm. you are a sinner. Jesus teaches things like he's our friend mm-hmm. and I have an actual real living relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And just to get personal, it's a lot harder for me. You've heard me say this a thousand times, um, but you've heard me say this preaching about it and not like just wearing my heart on my sleeve. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's a lot easier for me personally to accept that Jesus is God like an incarnated God mm-hmm. that it is for me to accept that Jesus is my friend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, mostly because like I, I get excited by working out like an intellectual problem yeah. of like, Oh, how could he be God and, and man at the same time? Well, it's yeah. like yeah. crazy. Um, but I often have, have to step back and remind myself that uh, Jesus, the real Jesus, not some fake like Jesus you read about in a book, the real living Jesus is not in love uh, with some future version of me. Mm-hmm. Like he's my friend mm-hmm. now yeah. and he, he he's here to walk with me through life and watch me grow. And, but he loves me like now as I am mm-hmm. and as not using that as an excuse for sin, but using that as like, to give me boldness and confidence to mm. run into that and lead into mm-hmm. that. So there's lots of things I could say about who Jesus is. Yeah. But those are some of the more personal and more uh, relevant things that he is. He's, a, mm. he's the savior of the world. And uh, 
everybody is commanded by Jesus to repent of your sin and put your faith in him in his death and resurrection to spend eternity with him forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's who Jesus is. Yeah. So let me, let me add a couple of things who Jesus is not. So yeah. um, everyone wants a slice of Jesus, right? Every religious tradition tries to, tries to lop off a little bit of Jesus and staple him to their thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jesus is basically none of those. He's none of those things. He's re- he revealed himself. He came and told us himself who he was. If you want to know who Jesus is, read, read the scriptures. Um, but he was not a, an Eastern Bodhisattva who, right. who had reached enlightenment. He is not, um, he's not a man who merely, uh, exemplified the consciousness of the, the consciousness of the eternal Christ and was perfectly united to, to the everlasting or something like that. No, no, no. Jesus was a man who lived. He was God and still is God incarnate. He was the second person of the triune God who has always existed. (coughs) He's the maker of the world. And, um, he definitely is not just a good man with good moral teaching. And that mm. one, I, th- I think maybe that's the conception of Jesus that I have the least patience for. Where it's like, yeah, Jesus, I mean, he sure. had great ideas. And people lump him in with, who do they always lump him in with? Gandhi and Martin Luther mm. King. Yeah. He's like, Jesus had good ideas. Like Gandhi had good ideas. I'm like, no, 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 no. Mm. no. That's not one of the options that's left to us because if because Jesus didn't merely have good ideas about being nice, kind, and loving. He had a lot to say about being nice, kind, and loving. Right. But it was all founded on the identity and nature of God Almighty. And Jesus also said that uh, eternity is awaiting all of us. And unless you follow him, then you will follow yourself into eternity of darkness and separation from God. So the idea that he just had nice ideas, all of those ideas were founded on what he believed about himself. That is that he's the special um, and unique son of God sent as a prophet of God Almighty Mm -hmm. and an instrument to save the world from sin. Um, you cannot separate his ideas about love your neighbor. Like everybody mm-hmm. has said, love your neighbor, right? Like yes. Everybody, everybody has said that. So they do that. Well, Jesus said, love your neighbor and people didn't like that. No, 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 no. People didn't like the, I'm the, the way, the truth and the life. Nobody comes to the father, mm-hmm. but by me, that was the stuff that people yeah. really didn't like. People didn't like that. He was being worshiped as King, which is why he was, which is why he was uh, publicly yeah. executed. So you cannot separate from Jesus. He had these, he had these really great ideas as far as like, human interaction. And then there's all this and like, and believed he was God, but he was really right. Like (laughs) who has a friend like that? Who knows that guy who's like, you know what? He has the, he has the most beautiful philosophy in history, but he has this one weird quirk. Like, listen, yeah. Jesus is coming to dinner. (laughs) Well, listen, have you met Greg? Greg is awesome. He teaches that you should love your neighbor. He wrote a dissertation about it. He's like, thinks he's God. He thinks he's God. Yeah. But it's like, so if it comes up, just play, just be cool. Right. Yeah. What? Shouldn't talk about it. Yeah. So you can't, you can't divorce, um, sort of what we take, like we run it through our own moral filter and we say, yeah, these are the nice ideas that Jesus said. Well, he also had a lot to say about, um, adult, uh, adultery and sexual impurity. And he had a lot to say about idolatry and worshiping anything other than God. And he had a lot to say about losing your own life that you might find it in him. Mm -hmm. That thing about take up your cross. He may as well have said, listen, if you want to follow me, you got to put your neck in the guillotine every day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and people are like, yeah, take up your cross. That's real nice. No, 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 no. <laughs> He's saying kill yourself every day, kill your yeah. own desires and your own humanity and put on a, like if we're supposed to be putting on, uh, if we're supposed to be participating in divinity, he's saying put on the divine life of whole and complete submission to the, mm. to the work of Jesus. Yeah. 
So uh, I got, we have to stop or we're going to just keep going. But let's, <laughs> that's who Jesus, that's who we think he is. And we believe we're right about that and who he's not. He's not an ascended master. He's not the guy who exemplifies the Christ consciousness. Yeah. He's not what all the other faith traditions kind of want you to think he is. And he's not just an interesting dude with good ideas, but the world didn't understand him just like they didn't understand Gandhi. No, totally different categories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I won't go on for a long time, but I would like to add, and since we, um, our final <laughs> answer was that scripture is uh, trustworthy yeah. and valid and from God, mm-hmm. um, I picked out two verses to... Um, answer this for me. Nice. So first John four ten says in this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Oh, get it. Um, <laughs> and then further than that, so first Jesus is the propitiation for our sins, which is Jake what you talked about. Um and then Second Corinthians five twenty one says for our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so then so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Mm-hmm. That's a good So um, just like to couple those two together, I'd say obviously there's huge debate that's been going on for a little over 2,000 years about the identity and you know how being God and man works, that whole conversation of who is Jesus. But I think for um, the Christian, um, this sums up pretty well. Jesus is the propitiation, the one who paid for our sins, um, and then further than that, he's the one who welcomed us into the ministry and the work and even the righteousness of God. Mm. Yep. I think of all the questions, um, this is the one, all these questions are important, but this is the one probably the most, like it just, it matters. Mm-hmm. It, 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 mm-hmm. Your answer to this question uh, has profound uh, meaning for yeah. your eternal destiny. Yeah. So. All right, so that was deep. <laughs> so let's uh, talk about that just for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, next question is, if there is a good God who loves you unconditionally and with whom you could have a relationship, would you want that relationship? Yeah, I do. But not everybody does. Yeah. I, that's been the distinction in my evangelism for the last, like, okay. you know. Years. I remember when we were here, and you, that young man who you talked to, said, "Yeah, I'm willing to believe all that gospel stuff. I just don't mm-hmm. want anything to do with that oh, yeah. person." And how heartbroken you were! You're like, "What? Mind if I? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How could somebody be- answer yes to that question? Yes, I believe all of these things, but I do not want to. I'm sorry. How could you answer no to that question, but yeah. affirm mm-hmm. the antecedent condition, which is there's a good God <laughs> who loves you, etc." Logicians, that's been an inside joke with me and Cam for a couple of weeks. I was just speaking language, man. Yeah, sorry. Well, yeah, so let me tell that story real quick. Yeah. Uh, you already told the punchline, but that's okay. Um, uh, I don't. Th- I haven't talked about it in a, in a while. Uh, we were actually doing, going through this survey the first time I was in Bergen. Uh, Bailey was with me. We were partnering up and doing evangelism and taking turns, uh, talking to people, like who would take the lead in the conversation, and it was my turn. And... Walked up to a gentleman. I, I don't really remember his name, possibly because I could pronounce it horribly at the time <laughs> and uh, would have a much better time now now that I'm actually practicing Norwegian. Um, but uh, we're going through the survey with him, and uh, he's giving me these answers that are really, uh, uh, from my experience, 
during that week were not Norwegian. Mm-hmm. So when I would ask these questions, like, who is Jesus? Oh, he's a good teacher. Who's, who, do you believe God exists? No, I don't think God is real. Do you think there's an afterlife? No, not really. What's the meaning of life? Uh, for me to get a good job in our economy and uh, you know buy a house one day. And so those were generally, uh, honest to God, the kind of answers I was getting yeah. uh, in like every conversation. And you wouldn't really get to the gospel too often. Like, uh, if I had tried to shove the gospel in there, I would have done more harm than good. Mm-hmm. Uh, that doesn't mean I never shared the gospel. There were times where it was appropriate, and I absolutely did, and those were great conversations. But this gentleman that me and Bailey were talking to was giving us different answers. So we would mm-hmm. talk to, like, who is Jesus? Mm-hmm. And he would just say, the Son of God. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, correct. That's, yeah. Next question. <laughs> yeah. Do you believe God is real? Yes, I think God is real. And uh, there was at some point I got to asking him whether or not he thought Jesus died on the cross for him, and uh, he said yes. And I don't think he was yanking my chain. Like yeah. I mean, you can tell me if mm-hmm. you thought he was, but you didn't. Um, no, and, yeah, it was bizarre. Because and then for me, like you know, I, this was some of my first intentional going out and evangelizing. Yeah, um, and those answers really were like you're saying, very different from all the other answers we heard all day. And he like knew he mm-hmm. he knew the steps. Mm-hmm. So the whole time we're going through, or you're going through it with him. Yeah, I was thinking, oh, we found we found a brother. We like, found the guy. Yeah. At the end, we're gonna high five, and he's gonna say like, yeah, dude, we're on the same team. Well, after yeah. I asked him if he thought Jesus died on the cross, this wasn't on the survey, but I was just like, do you think he rose from the dead? Mm-hmm. He's like, yes, I I think Jesus rose from the dead mm-hmm. too, and I'm like. That's sweet. I'll get the organ out right now, and we'll. Yeah. I'll, I'll pray with you right now to receive Jesus. I'm like, so what? Uh, do you want to know God? Do you want to be with God forever? And he said, No, mm-hmm. I want nothing to do with your God. Yeah. Um, and that's radical, and that changes the way you. That changes your life. Having yeah. a conversation like that, it changed mm-hmm. my life. It changes the way you do evangelism. I used to ask people for years. One more thing. Yeah. I used to ask people for years if they wanted to go to heaven, mm-hmm. and then I would get yeses every time. Like, mm-hmm. duh, mm-hmm. everyone wants to go to heaven. Not everybody uh, wants to be with God. Right, and that's the difference. That's the difference between Christianity and, 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 every, and everything else. Uh, there's lots of differences. That's a key one mm-hmm. because what Jesus is offering is a real living relationship with him for eternity. Yeah. He, uh, that just so happens to be in heaven, mm-hmm. but heaven is being with God, mm-hmm. and not everybody wants that. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah so I, I didn't really have much to add to that, but other than to just agree with what you said, like that changes that changes the nature of evangelism in your heart, right? Especially for dudes like you and I, who, um, you said something earlier, like I love to solve the intellectual problem. Yeah. And that, that tends to be kind of where I operate also is like, I want, I want it to make sense. And we learn that there are people for whom the whole thing makes sense and they don't want to participate in the, they don't want to participate in the family of God. That's heartbreaking. Um, but it also helps us to locate the nature of the problem, yes. which is, um, I think it's one of those tragic things you have to go through. You know what I mean? It's like one of those awful things that you, you learn that that's, you get to see into the depths of people's hearts and break over it and realize the problem with humanity is not primarily that they don't have the right information. It's not primarily that they haven't read the right holy book mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. The, 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 primary problem with humanity is that we want our own way and we do not want relationship with the God who made us. Mm-hmm. We'll do anything else, even to the point of saying, yeah, I believe all of that. And I know Jesus died for my sins and rose from the dead. 
and uh, paid my way to familyhood, familyship, fellowship yeah. for sure. But he he purchased my way into the family of God. But I'm not interested in going. Mm-hmm. That's uh, as deep and as dark. Yeah, but that's the that's the root of the problem. It's yeah. not in uh, but, yeah yeah. But most people don't admit it. Right, most people go. Yeah, I want to go to heaven. Well, of course, that's, why, that's well, why, you ask. why. That's it's unacceptable in our culture just to say those words out loud. Like, oh yeah, I worship myself and I live mm-hmm. for myself and I trust in myself, and yeah. that's socially unacceptable to say things like that. But mm-hmm. the, but the problem is that's how everybody lives. That's how everybody <laughs> lives. It just is. It, it, we are the human heart is bent inwards on itself. Who mm-hmm. said that? C.S. Lewis? Some <laughs> smart guy. As Martin Luther uh, said that the heart's turned in on itself. Martin Luther. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. It's all running together for me. Yeah. Uh, but the human heart really is bent in on itself. We are dead in our sin. And um, I think there's lots of uh, theoretical situations I could think about. But um, ultimately, the reason why people don't come to God is not because they can't, but because they won't. Mm. Yeah, I and right. I think that uh, there's something theoretical I want to get into. But no, I don't do it. The point is, is that people uh, are naturally. Uh, the uh, Romans says it in Romans chapter eight. It says the heart that is set. Uh, sorry, the mind that is set on the flesh. Sorry, is uh, hostile mm-hmm. towards God. So yeah. not just indifferent towards God. Not just disagrees with God. Is hostile yeah. towards God. But then we we backfill it. We backfill it with. But I'm a good person, and I donate money to charity, yeah. and I believe good things, and I'm nice to my neighbors, and I'll, which all of those are good things, but not for their own sake, right? right? If the if the sun supernovas and and <laughs> the universe dies a heat death, none of that mattered. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. I feel like we have to proceed. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep going, Jake. <laughs> That's right. Well, I want to. Well, let's uh, end this with this uh, softball, and it also just so happens to be the last question of the survey, yeah, which is convenient. Uh, what do you think the meaning of life is? That's how I define a softball question. I'll say, <laughs> I'll say uh, Cam's answer for him. I know you love Micah 6, 8. Yeah. Act justly, love mercy, walk humbly with your God. Yeah. And the key component obviously being with your God. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I'd use Romans 12, 1. Um, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, to present your body, bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God which is your spiritual worship. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But again, that's the, that's my summary mm-hmm. thing. And I know you guys have a million things to say and like to expand on it with. Yeah. I'm, I'm really holding back here. Yeah. But the, the meaning and purpose <laughs> I've talked a lot about in the last several episodes mm-hmm. it was the meaning of life is that do justice, love mercy, walk mm-hmm. humbly with your God. And what does that look like? It means a life of dedicated service to the commands of Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. For, the, for with an ultimate goal of spending eternity in God's family and in the presence of Him and our brothers and sisters forever. Yeah, and I think we'd agree like the because we keep over the past few weeks um, coming back to like relationship with God mm-hmm. as the core, or, like the heart behind everything. Um, so for me, that's just why like worship, like worship God, is a point of life for me. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm cool with saying that and like distilling it down to that. And, um, yeah, I think the, we often tend to, uh, get stuck on like reading scripture, looking at, uh, our own lives and other people's lives. We get stuck on the act justly, love mercy, walk humbly. Mm-hmm. And we, uh, as humans tend to miss the with your God part Yep. and the 
this topic of evangelism that we've been talking about, the whole point is to make sure that people aren't like forgetting to um, forgetting that that ought to be in the in the equation. Yeah, um, it's the I mean, yeah. it's the purpose of the equation. Yeah, right. Like if the with your God part isn't true, then justice, mercy, and humility mm. are are literally toxic. Yeah, like if God's not real. Don't do those things. Mm-hmm. Don't be. Don't do justice. Don't love mercy. Don't be humble. You should be arrogant. You should take what's mm-hmm. yours, you sh- and you should demand more than is yours. Because after all, this world is going to fade away, and the pain of anybody, mm-hmm. anybody else, any pain that you cause to anybody else, it does not matter, and there is no. You're never going to be held to account for it. And you should maximize your pleasure in this world. So if the with your God part is not true, then the rest mm-hmm. of it makes no sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're a law unto yourself, yeah. like Paul says. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, Jake, I know you're very excited to go for it. <laughs> no, no, you're, you're fine. Well, I'm really excited because uh, I just get to talk about Ecclesiastes 12, which is like <laughs> awesome. <I knew. laughs> uh, well, there's, there's so there's really not much I can improve on what you guys said besides reading from the Word of God here. Uh, but uh, yeah, that basically sums it up. I, I love what uh, King Solomon allegedly has to say <laughs> at the end of Ecclesiastes. So this guy was uh, the richest man of all, had more money than you could ever imagine, more land than you could ever imagine. And that, by the way, that's reckoned by modern scholars. Yes. So modern scholars say, yeah, this Solomon guy is the richest man who's ever lived and no one uh, else is even close. Well, yeah. Well, more worldly pleasures than you could ever, ever, ever imagine every like, yeah, everything. And so uh, he has all of that. And his conclusion uh, th- has, has this for existential dread is that all of it is meaningless yeah. uh, and that it would have been better not to be born at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but we'll do a study on Ecclesiastes yeah. sometime. Well, that's what the existential <laughs> philosophers came to believe, right? Yeah. It would have been better not to have been born at all, but since I was, I'll whistle while I work. Yeah. There's, a, there's existentialism in a – that's actually not fair. They were really, really bright. But they were. They are brilliant. But gosh, so much I want to say about that. Yeah. But that's what brilliant, uh, brilliant men who uh, approach their worldview honestly mm-hmm. uh, realize that life is meaningless without God. Um, and so Solomon, who had God at the end of his life, uh, says this about the meaning of life. Here's what Solomon says is the meaning of life. Now all has been heard, meaning everything I wrote. I talked about everything in life, being old, being young, being rich, being married to 700 women. Uh, I talked about all this stuff. I enjoyed all of this stuff, and it was all meaningless. So you've heard all of that. Here's the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the entire purpose of mankind. Mm-hmm. That's it. Uh, is, is to have, and fear God and keep his commandments is not a, in the context of the Old Testament, you really have to interpret this through the way that David did. Because this fear God and keep his commandments is not a call to like legalistic slavery of yeah. like, I'm submitting to this pagan deity who wants me to do what he wants or he'll fry me. Fear God to keep his commandments is the call to relationship mm. with God Almighty. It is mm-hmm. you living in loving God and, like, and doing what he says out of uh, being motivated by that fear of God, by that well, love and the respect for God. Um, because he's the one who's right about what you ought to be doing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. keep the commands of God because that is what is good for you. Yeah, and so it's a call to relationship. And that's what I think we interpret this so wrongly in our 
21st century, you know, kind of framework. Like God wants me to just keep a list of rules. No, God wants your relationship with him. And the next verse says, for God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. So God Mm. sees everything. God wants a living relationship with you where you fear him and love him and do what he, do what he says because it's what's best for you. And, uh, that is the purpose of mankind. It's actually the last sentence of, uh, my essay for uh, this class that I already wrote, um, but it's to love God and enjoy him and his creation forever. Yeah. Bye. No. <laughs> so, yeah, that's about it. Uh, I had fun going through this with you guys. Yeah, uh, we'll, uh, so, you know, as much as this podcast is like a diary about like kind of what we're doing in Norway, we're not going to, it'll be a lot, e- a lot easier for me to just, pull up a bunch of apologetic questions and just kind of philosophize about that for an hour every week. So we're not going to do that too much, but I'm really uh, hoping that what you guys got out of this was thinking about the kinds of questions that according to Norwegians, Norwegians need to be thinking about. Mm. So we hope you were edified by this biblical Christian centered explanation of the answers to these questions. And hopefully at some undefined point in the future, we will have an actual skeptic on and get their perspective Mm -hmm. on these questions. And then we'll discuss it, uh, which is going to be very interesting. Yeah, that'll be good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I look forward to that. So God bless you guys. Thank you for watching. and Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to word first radio. If you like the podcast, please like share and subscribe. If you want to learn more about Word First and how you can support the ministry spiritually and financially, check us out at wordfirst.us. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Word First Radio, and we'll see you again next week. God bless.